G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The story. I stopped going to churches because I didn't have time. I have to work weekends. I still pray and read Bible, but I just didn't have time to go to church anymore. I I felt guilty, but then um, my friend she came back from the US and then she called me, and um, she asked me coffee. And when we met, and she the first thing she said to me is that God told me about you, and He want me to tell you, He still love you. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, last time, Christine Fong shared her story of becoming a Christian in communist China, where Christianity is severely restricted and many worship the Lord at underground churches. She said her faith journey started because of a missionary from Australia. We'll hear how it all fits together as once again, Christine has a chat with Eric Scatterbo. So it all started with this secret Australian missionary, who came to China as an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. So then your sister's boyfriend becomes a Christian, and then through your sister's boyfriend, then your sister becomes a Christian. Mm-hmm. And as we heard through the books, you became a Christian. Mm-hmm. And yep. then finally at 19 years old, you're going to uni and are able to go to some of these Christian meetings. When I was 19, it was my turn to go to uni. Um it was the boarding school as well. Mm-hmm. And so meanwhile, the police started to notice the Australian pastor's activities. What happened? I think our cell groups got too active. There are a few cell group leaders setting up um, locations, different cell groups, different locations, and we got too many. Yeah, he's too active. So what I learned is that one day my dad came home and he was yelling at my sister um, my sister was in tears, and then I found mm. out that the police actually came to the hospital. My sister worked and asked questions about my sister's activities in that church and how my dad found out that she's involved with Christian underground church. Um, oh, so he didn't know anything about that? No, no. We knew he's going to gain it because um, our parents, they are members of communist because my dad was um principal of the government hospital. So if you want to be mm-hmm. a leader in a government organization, like hospitals, mm-hmm. schools, back in those days, in 80s, 70s, if you work in government organizations, like schools and hospitals, you have to become a member of the Communist Party. Oh, I see. So when you became a Communist Party, you have to swear that you actually will not believe any other God because the Communist Party believe Marxism, that's atheist. Mm-hmm. You actually have to swear that you be loyal and then you follow all the instruction of the party, including not practice any religious activity. It sounds like it's its own religion in itself, the Marxism and the atheism. The yes. communist China mm-hmm. is like its own religion all to itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So your dad didn't like that your sister was involved in Christianity because this could cause waves with his job. I mean, it could hurt him. 
yes, you cause some problem for his job. So what happened? So um, I didn't quite know what my sister promised him. Maybe my sister said, "Okay, I'm gonna stop doing that." But then my sister decided to keep secret for me. Otherwise, my dad will be really angry that both mm. his daughter practice what he doesn't believe. Yeah. Involving religious activities, so um, yeah, because I mean, he could lose his job if things yeah, went pear shaped. Yeah, he could. He was pretty high up in the hospital. He yeah. um, worked all his life, and he got, you know, he worked really hard to get to that position. Yeah, yeah, and he could lose it all. Yeah, he could lose his membership with the party as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are big stakes here. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of things at stake here for him if. His daughters make waves with this Christian faith that they're starting to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So then, your sister kind of cuts you off from being involved in church activities. So what do you do? That was before I went to uni, because my top priority was to get to uni anyway. So I just did my own thing. Read the Bible by yourself. Yeah, by myself. And um, my mm-hmm. sister brought back different books. Some books they actually um talk about the Bible. Like mm-hmm. I'm just learning. All by myself, um, mm-hmm. talk to God. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I did the six years with our church until I went to uni. And then, when you got to uni, what happened? I went to uni. It was a boarding school, so mm-hmm. I could actually go out without my parents knowing. Um, mm-hmm. That's when my sister brought me to the underground church, and I finally got to meet the pastor and the other cell group leader. So, um, oh wow! So up to this point, the only other Christians that you had ever spoken to was your sister and her boyfriend. So yeah. this is the first time you're at church six yeah. years later after becoming a Christian. Yeah, that's true. Oh wow! And, so that must have been great to finally meet other believers. Yeah, and um, it sounds interesting, but exciting now. But at the time, it wasn't exciting at all because I imagine you were eighteen, nineteen. And all the people in the church, they were like 10 or 20 years older than you. <laughs> so you oh, still don't okay. have like right. a, a peer or a friend to share your faith. It's just that they were sisters. They were like hmm. moms. Oh, okay. Older. Yeah, they're older. So, but but I it's got, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got baptized there. And then um, mm-hmm. they look after me, so <laughs> which is good. And you got to meet the Australian pastor. Yes, I got to meet him. He didn't come all the time because... Remember, at that year, the police got our list, so he actually had to hide. Um, so oh, okay. he didn't come to our cell groups. What he did is that he only meet with the cell group leaders, and he taught them what mm-hmm. you're gonna preach. And the cell group leaders actually will preach at the cell group, not the pastor. The pastor could not show up anymore. Because they're afraid when he show up, police gonna come get him. They will catch him doing stuff with us, so he cannot be caught. Oh, okay. So he had to be careful about yeah, so, what activities he participated in. Yeah, he could only meet with four or five or three or two or three cell group leaders and like a friend and yeah. chat. Actually, talk mm-hmm. them stuff, and then cell group leaders were the ones that actually preach at the cell group. So he had to be very careful. Now, yeah. meanwhile, you're in boarding school. What happened in boarding school? 
Oh, in boarding school, I was in a room. We shared a room with other five girls. So we have six in the room. Um, I remember one night, I thought, oh, it would be a good idea. I actually talked to them about this Bible and the God I believe. And so I asked them, you know, do you mind I tell you some of the Bible story? It's very interesting. Now, you were, you were taking a chance there because... You know, they could have reported you or something, possibly. Oh, I didn't think that much. I didn't think they would report me. It's because I just casually, Mm -hmm. I didn't really think I was preaching. I was just sharing a story from the book. (laughs) So I didn't think. Oh, okay, okay. So I said, oh, it's a story from the Bible. Just take it easy. So I read them a few stories from the Bible, maybe Mm -hmm. Mark or Matthew, I the gospel um not sure i don't remember it's too long um yeah they were a big surprise because they didn't know how to respond because we didn't know each other that well it's the first year we just live yeah. in the same room and yeah. someone said oh can i read you some stories from the bible but well they said yeah why not and then i said yeah, okay and then just read them the story they said thank you after that and then there's nothing happened so no real response they just said thank no you no real response mm-hmm now I remember why I did that. I think one of the book, you know, when I learned from the book, I think those pastors said in the book that you should always tell people gospel when you have chance. So I think that's mm-hmm. why I took the chance and, you know, talked to them about yeah. that. So I thought, oh, I did my, yeah. you know, I did what God told me. They didn't respond. There's no response. They said, thank you. And then went to bed. That's it. But the second year, something I find out actually was back in those years that was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think the foreign missionaries started to come to university as English teachers. And mm-hmm. then I think the government relaxed the policy. So in 1990s, there were more. It's very common for most of the university to have a foreign teacher. And mm-hmm. the missionary actually took the chance and they would send a missionary and teach English in university. So we have lots of all different English teachers from the U.S., most of them from the U.S., some of them from mm-hmm. Australia, to come to teach us English in the university. So I remember I have four different English teachers from the U.S. and they all missionaries. So Secret I, missionaries. Yeah, yeah. You should say, yeah. So they're technically, as far as the government is concerned, they're English teachers, but secretly they were missionaries. Yep. They are job visas. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, and they will invite students to have the English time after hours. So students were invited to the apartment to chat in English. So mm-hmm. that's like a English practice hours. So mm-hmm. when they chat with students, they actually share their faith. So I remember in year two, in uni, my girls, you know, in my room, they went to the English teacher's apartment for an English hour and they came back and they said to me, as you remember, it's a night time. And they said, Christine, that English teacher, Mrs. Gregory, she just told us what you told us last year. The same thing, something about mm. the Bible. Now huh. we want to know more. Wow. And I was I was trying to go to bed. I, I think they came back really late, like ten thirty. So I was trying yeah. going to bed. I said, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. And then I just got out, you know, some books and Bibles and read them more. 
and then the next day they will ask question and I will answer the question. Yeah, and then we have our little cell group since then in our room. It's me and the other three girls. Wow. Um, so we, you kind of started your own little Bible study. Yeah, I started my own little Bible study and cell group. And I even learned guitar from my leader. You know, when you <laughs> worship, you kind of play guitar. So I play guitar. And um, yeah. it's amazing. Like, because it's a boarding school. So it's not just our room. We live in the level seven. So all the level mm-hmm. sevens, there are different rooms. And it's the whole grade, whole year, two um, uni students. They knew we were Christians over time because we always sing and I play guitar so loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I think most of the people knew that we're Christians and we were doing Bible study in our room. Yeah, a little story is that later on, I think in our third year or fourth year, we met some Christian. I finally get to meet some same age Christian from other grade. They're younger than us. But they come up to our room and our little cell group kind of like have sometimes have five, six people. So, yeah, so, but nobody reported me. You're listening to The Story. Our guest today is once again Christine Fong, who became a Christian in communist China where Christianity is severely restricted. As we heard, Christine began to obey the teachings of the Bible that say we should share our faith and began telling Bible stories with others in her dorm at university. Next, we'll hear more about some challenges she faced after university and how she eventually came to live in Australia. All that and more is coming up when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, our guest once again is Christine Fong, who became a Christian in communist China, where Christianity is severely restricted. As we heard before the break, Christine began to lead a Bible study and share her faith with her dorm mates at the university she was attending. And then later, some of your classmates went to the underground church as well? Yeah, yeah. Later on, when um, when we nearly graduated they were quite ready, so I brought them with me to underground church, and they got baptized there as well. And now, so many years later, they're still walking with the Lord. Is that right? Can you give us an update on yep. some of your classmates? Yep. One became really, really committed Christians, and all she wanted was to serve God. But in those days, it's not like here. You have minister, you have secretary, you have um, accountant, you have people work for the church. But for us, underground church is like a cell group gathering. It's not a real physical church. So they're not really jobs. But Mm, all she wanted, because she loved God so much, all she wanted is to do stuff with God, like serve the church, do whatever. But she couldn't get paid because there's no such jobs. Yeah, Um, in China. Yeah, no, there's no way she can um, make a living and Mm -hmm. support herself. But... I don't know how she got a sponsor from another missionary, I think, in the university in grade four. Um, 
yeah, she got sponsored and she actually went to the US and study Bible college. Wow. I think she went there for three years. Oh, I lost connection with her when she went to US because we all graduated and we went on with our own life. She went to US and I didn't meet with her anymore. And she came back and she went to another underground church. But that's another story because the funny thing is that after six years, that was when I was 24, I met her again. Um, I wasn't, um, she came back and looked for me and asked me out for coffee. So uh-huh. I went out coffee with her and then she, um, Okay, um, when I work and I went to work, I was walking like not that close with God because I work in advertising agencies. Mm. Um, I work very long hours, like from nine o'clock in the morning to probably 12 o'clock, one o'clock at night. Um, and I have a very strange lifestyle involved with media, TV, celebrities, um, so I actually was walking. I can't say I'm walking away, but I stopped going to churches because I didn't have mm. time. I have to work weekends. I still pray mm. and read Bible, but I just didn't have time to go to church and, and anymore. Um, mm. I I felt guilty, but mm. I just oh, I know it's guilty, but you just you know I just have no time. I said, but mm. then um, my friend she came back from the US and then she called me. And um, she asked me coffee, and when we met, and she, the first thing she said to me said, "I am all this year." She said, "I've been trained to listen to God because I think she's having some training to um to how to listen to God's voice." And mm-hmm. she said, "God told me about you, and He wants me to tell you, He still loves you." Because. Mm. Because I've been thinking, oh, maybe God doesn't love me anymore because I stopped going to church. So I've been having that thought all the time because yeah. I was so busy. Yeah. I didn't even have time to sleep. I just work and work. But then this friend, I haven't called her for six years. She came back. And then the first thing she said to me was that. And then I decided to go back to church. Um, yeah, so she had another underground church she invited me to so um i went to the other underground church with her for another six years and then my sister my brother-in-law he was my brother-in-law mm. then um he decided to leave china if your church being watched that it's gonna not gonna end like your church is not list mm. so what you do is always you know you always have that thought back with your mind are they listening to my phone can mm. i do this so my yeah. brother-in-law had enough and he decided to um, leave China and went to New Zealand. So they already married, so my sister had to go with him. So they went to live in New Zealand for nine years. After nine years, they decided to come to Australia, to live in Australia. And um, I already worked a few years and have savings. So I haven't seen my sister for five years. So I said... Oh, wow. um, I'll come for a visit. So that's why I decided to come for a visit. She was already in Brisbane, so I came to Brisbane. And that's when I met my husband. And that's why I moved to Brisbane after I got mm-hmm. married. Yeah. So then you met your future husband, an Asian 
Australian, is that right? Yeah, he's um, Asian Australia. And then you found out something about where he goes to church. Tell us about that. Yeah. When my sister moved from New Zealand to Australia, she actually lived in Melbourne for two years. Mm-hmm. And they found a job in Brisbane, so they moved to Brisbane just for three months when I came. So mm-hmm. my sister had just one friend in Brisbane because they just been here three months. They were trying to find a church they like. Mm-hmm. So my sister had this only one friend, this lady from my sister's church. And that's just a mm-hmm. church my sister visit to see if that church can be their future church. It's not really a church my sister was going. But mm-hmm. this one lady said, I have a friend that I think their family and their church involved with the Chinese missionary and stuff. Like, do you want to come and visit and, you know, have tea? Because since you don't mm-hmm. have any friends here, just, you know, get more friends, introduce you more yeah. friends. So I was there. Uh-huh. So we said, oh, yeah, right. Let's go. And then that's my husband's family, my husband's mom and dad. So we went there and they brought us to this church, Dunamers Christian Center. That's the church mm-hmm. I've been going to for over 10 years now. We went to visit their church to talk about where we come from, what happened. And we just find out that Dunamers Church actually had been funding an Australian missionary in China for over 20 years, which turned out to be our Australian pastor. Oh, wow. We couldn't believe it. Like, this is like, yeah, going like a circle. And we just actually, yeah, yeah. we came to our Australian pastor's home church. Who would have I mean, known. he was the one that started the whole thing. He was the yeah. one that led he was, yes, your, he was your the one. sister's boyfriend who became yeah. her husband. And then your sister comes to the Lord and then you. And then all of a sudden, years later, you're in Australia and you're at the church that sent him originally. Yes, he, he was the one that started the whole thing. And then yeah. after 10, 15 years, we went all the way from China to Brisbane and just ran to a random church and that's his home church. Yeah, wow. imagine how we felt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, that oh, must have been amazing. great. So did you get to meet him or was he still back in China? Um, yes, he actually came, he has three sons. He raised three sons in China. So the sons came back to Australia when they were 18, 19. Um, mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. their uni and work. I think they all involve church. And then I think five years ago, I met mm-hmm. him because he came back and actually visited the church. But he's still in China. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where he is now, but he's still not back in Australia yet. Mm-hmm. And eventually you came to work for Vision Christian Media. How did that happen? Yes, that's to do with Dulumus Church as well. I mm-hmm. was just got married and, and I found a job to work for a Chinese newspaper here in Brisbane. So I was working mm-hmm. for the Chinese p- paper for advertising and stuff. And then one day, my husband, he brought back a fax from the church that's doing we went to. He said, look at this fax. They're looking for a marketing officer. Will you be interesting to, um, to apply? Oh, I said, marketing, you know, I didn't really know what's, I thought it just common marketing, but I didn't realize what's Christian radio and that. I just, oh, it, it's marketing. It's my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to yeah. ring and ask for, you know, send my resume. So, yeah, that's that's how it started. And that sounds quite easy, isn't it? It's just, just how I got it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so that's how you started Indian. to work. Yeah, for Christian media. Yeah, and it was UCB. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you were asked to share your story at a staff meeting, and that's when I heard your story, and I said, "We need to share your story with more people," and that's why I asked you to join us here today. Yep, that's yep, that's how it started, and that's how we are at the moment. That's right. So, Christine Fong, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Remarkable how God worked in your life, in the life of your brother-in-law and your sister, and in the pastor, the Australian pastor who shared with you guys in the first place. Remarkable story. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. My pleasure, Eric. It's my pleasure to share my story with anyone that's um, interesting. Um, I didn't quite expect that um, so many people are interesting in my stories. Um, I thought it's just um, a personal journey of faith of myself. But yeah, if we can be encouraged that it will be really, you know, an honor. Amen. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Christine Fong, who's originally from communist China, but now lives and attends church here in Australia. And as we heard, she's now working in ministry right here at Vision Christian Media. And we are so blessed to have her as part of the team. Thanks, Christine, for sharing your fascinating story. It's really been a blessing to all of the staff here, and I know it's been to the listeners as well. And before we end today, I just want to highlight the wonderful way Christine's story came full circle. First, the Australian missionary was sent to China by a church in Brisbane, and he planted seeds in the lives of so many young people in China in the 1980s, like Christine's older sister and brother-in-law. Then the Lord led them all to Brisbane, and they wind up attending the very church that sent the missionary to China in the first place. It's remarkable. As the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, In their hearts human plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Christine Fong's story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.